Hear the word of God from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. You can find this reading on page 955 in the Pew Bible. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about all these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Kathy. The human brain is amazing keeps us active and alive, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, without even thinking about it. But it also helps us think about it. Just look at the numbers. There are 86 billion neurons in your brain firing off information from synapse to synapse at an astonishing rate of 260 miles per hour, and you don't have to think about it. But the brain does help you think about things. Psychology Today said that by the end of every day, the average person thinks 50,000 thoughts. No wonder we have trouble going to sleep at night sometimes. But that same article also said that on average, of that 50,000 thoughts we think a day, 70% of them are negative. (sighs) Worry, fear, loneliness, restlessness, hunger, stress, anger, depression, and on certain Sunday mornings during the preacher's sermon, boredom. I know. (laughs) I don't know how they calculate that figure of 70% of the 50,000, but basic math suggests that by the end of every day, you and I have 35,000 negative thoughts. And sometimes we can feel every bit of them. And so it should be no wonder that as Paul winds up this remarkable book called Philippians, and as we finish off this series on joy and how to discover it daily, It really should be no surprise that the place that Paul ends is a refocus on one of the recurring themes throughout the entire letter, focusing on your mind, paying attention to your mind. Remember back in chapter 2, 
when he tells the Philippian church that we need to live like Jesus, what does he say? He doesn't say you just need to act like Jesus. He doesn't say you just need to speak like Jesus. What he says is, let the mind of Jesus be in you. In other words, for, for Paul, the Christian life is a, ma- is a matter of conscious intention, is a matter of the will. To be like Jesus means to assume his mindset of humility and surrender and obedience. For Paul, it's a matter of the mind. And then at the beginning of this chapter, Philippians chapter 4, he talks about two women, and he gives the only reprimand in the entire book that he gives. He says about these women, Yodia and Syntyche, he says, I urge Yodia and Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, we know nothing else about these two women. Nowhere else in the Bible do we hear about Yodia and Syntyche. They're not mentioned anywhere else in Christian history. All we know about these two women is that they were at odds with each other. They had some kind of disagreement. And Paul says that for these two women... It was such a profound and bitter division that the only way that they could that Paul could characterize them is that they were not of the same mind. Again, for Paul, it's a matter of the mind. And then in today's scripture reading that Kathy just read for us, Paul says, "Do not worry about anything. Don't let any of those thirty-five thousand negative thoughts occupy your life." Don't worry about anything. By the looks of the pictures that have come in this past week in our daily picture challenge, there are a lot of things that you and I worry about each and every day. This picture came in. There was worry about a loved one's safe return from work as a paramedic. There was the look of worry on a child as he was concerned about something that was about to happen. Frankly, it's a look that you and I have a lot of times throughout the week. There were some people who were so overcome by worry in their life, they couldn't picture it. They couldn't find a graphic to represent it. So all they could do was find a statement on the Internet that best captures the way they were trying to make it through their own worry. This person said, if your problem has a solution, then why worry about it? If your problem doesn't have a solution, then why worry about it? Next person said, worry is a total waste of time. doesn't change anything. All it does is steal your joy and keeps you very busy doing nothing. 35,000 negative thoughts a day. Thoughts that pit us against each other. Thoughts that fill us with fear. Thoughts that fill us with anxiety, these things weigh us down and keep us from joy. And Paul is very clear, this is not the way to live the Christian life. These 35,000 negative thoughts are not the marker of the follower of Jesus. You know what is, according to Paul? It's the way he introduces this scripture text. It's the song that joyful praise led us in earlier in the service. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just sometimes, not just when the circumstances dictate, but rejoice in the Lord always. And he says it again. Again, I will say rejoice. So it begs the question, how? 
How in the world, Paul, are we supposed to live a life of joy always? Well, fortunately for us, it's in today's Scripture reading. And I'd suggest to you that this passage, Philippians 4, 4 through 9, may be the one passage that you might want to lift out of this text and carry with you beyond this series. You might want to read it several times. You might want to even memorize it. You would definitely want to incorporate it into your life because it begins with rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And then Paul offers three prescriptions as to how to do that. Number one, he says, quote, let your gentleness be known to everyone. Gentleness, that's the key word there. It was one of the key words in our daily picture challenge. And you all offered wonderful, sensible, reasonable images that capture what gentleness often means for us. Pictures of kittens and cuddling parents and, and Santa Claus even a few times. Those are all great images of gentleness. That's what we think of when we think of gentleness, mild-manneredness, security, and safety. But the word that Paul uses for gentleness here is much deeper than that. When he says we need to be gentle with each other, he doesn't mean that we need to approach each other with kid gloves or be soft and cuddly. What he's saying here in the choice selection of word is when you are at odds with someone else, be on the same side as them. Not antagonistic. In other words, if, if one of those 35,000 negative thoughts that you have puts you at odds with someone else, like Yodia or Syntyche, then your first mindset change is to try to get you and that other person working on the same side, not on opposite sides, not on different ends of a tug-of-war rope but both of you pulling in the same direction. I love the way Eugene Peterson translates this verse. He says, Make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you are on the same side, working with them and not against them. That's the first prescription. Let your gentleness be made known to one another. The second prescription from Paul is this. He says, Pray. Pray. That was one of our key words too. Paul says, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And that shouldn't surprise us that Paul would focus on prayer. Paul says that one of the ways to combat those 35,000 negative thoughts in your day is to lift them up in prayer. Because prayer involves shifting our focus away from all the negative things that are filling our mind and focusing on the one true source of all love and life. Prayer can name those negative thoughts, but it can also prevent us from dwelling on those negative thoughts. That's the power of prayer. It focuses our attention not on the things that are wrong with our lives, but on the presence of God and the Spirit of Christ which is working, and how God is present. Especially, Paul says, when you lace that prayer with gratitude. Remember, there's still 15,000 other thoughts in your brain that aren't negative. 
And if you can capture one of those thoughts that brings you gratitude and joy, that could be a powerful antidote against the tidal wave of negativity that is filling you and drowning you. So it should be no surprise to us that Paul says that when you pray with thanksgiving, that can combat the worry in your life. My goodness, by far the biggest response to any of the words this past week in our picture challenge was the word gratitude. So many of you submitted pictures of things, people, events that you were grateful for. Gratitude for all the hard work that paid off for Vacation Bible School this past week. Gratitude from a family who celebrated a baptism last Sunday. Gratitude for the simple but certain joys of nature at sunset. And so many pictures of gratitude for loved ones, family, friends, human love. Each of you have reasons, precious reasons to be grateful. And it's easy to forget that. It's easy to focus on the 70%. And forget about the 30%. But when you remember that no matter what you go through in your life, you are not alone. You are sustained by the tenderness of human relationships among your family and your friends, and even and especially in this church community. When you identify those things that you are grateful for, when you are drowned out by those 35 negative, 35,000 negative thoughts, and lift up a prayer of gratitude, something amazing happens. Paul says that the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Happiness is more than a warm puppy. The peace of God passes our understanding. And that happens when our prayer is mixed in with gratitude. Sometimes, sometimes it's just a conscious choice to focus on one thing that you're grateful for that you often take for granted. And by dwelling on that grateful thing, that can help stem the tide of negativity that is drowning you out. Paul knew what he was talking about, and it's a word that we need to hear. Paul's first prescription is to be gentle with others. Paul's second prescription is to pray with gratitude. And the third and final prescription is this. Filter your thoughts. Paul says, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think Think on these things. We're going to leave this graphic up for the rest of the sermon because I believe it is one of the most practical and one of the most profound scriptures in the entire New Testament. And if we can apply this passage and let it reframe the way we think and even the way we live, something powerful can happen in the way we deal with those thoughts of negativity in our lives. Someone Someone in the worship team said that this passage, Philippians 4, verse 8, is like a colander for our thoughts. I think that's how Paul wanted us to use this verse. It's one of Paul's most comprehensive attempts to suggest that ultimately you and I have control over our thoughts. 
that we don't have to be dictated by our circumstances or the things that happen within us or around us. We can choose our reactions. We can choose the way we respond. We can choose our thoughts. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, beware of what you set your mind on because you surely will become that. I want to suggest to you that we take this verse one step further, not just as a colander for our thoughts, but as a colander for our behaviors, as a guide for the way we actually live our life every single day. What if, what if every single morning when you wake up, as you're getting yourself situated and oriented toward your day, you read this verse, Philippians 4, verse 8. And you ask yourself the question, how am I going to live out these values in my life today? What if every day you were to insert your own name into this verse and use it as a prayer to God? Lord, throughout the rest of this day, by your power and your grace, help me to live a life that is true. Let my interactions with others be honest. Let my actions be governed by justice and purity and love. By the end of this day, may I look back at my actions and know that I did my very best to live a life of good report, a virtuous life, but most of all, a life that was praiseworthy of you. Imagine what that would be if your life was governed by this verse. You know what might happen? What would happen if you use this verse as a basic operating system for your life, is it possible that that huge mountain of 35,000 negative thoughts might actually decrease? Is it possible that those contentious relationships that you have with someone else might actually start to chip away into some semblance of peace and harmony with that person? Is it possible that if you live out this verse in your life, that you might start living a life of joy and you might even start to find it every single day. I think it's not only possible, but according to Paul, it's a promise. And it's a promise that you can claim today. Let us pray together. Oh God, we thank you for our minds, for the amazing gift that it is that enables us to go about our day. But we know that in the midst of our own human experience, our lives are filled with so much negativity, much of which is self-generated. We know this is not the way to live. This is a difficult way. It is not the way of joy. And so we come to you in prayer and in thanksgiving to appeal to your grace and your power to help us in our toughest times to reframe our minds. Help us, even when it is difficult to do so, to find something to be grateful for. Help us to be gentle in our relationships with other people to be less antagonistic and more cooperative. Help us to embody the values of truth and purity and love and praiseworthiness. And in all things, 
Teach us to pray. Help us to be grateful so that we can claim the life of joy that you have for us, that you deeply desire for us to live, and that we can find that joy every single day. We give you thanks. As we approach this communion table, let this moment of coming forward be a recommitment to you and a renewal of our covenantal relationship in which we promise to serve you and love you and offer the fullness of our lives to you. Reveal yourself to us in this grape juice and in this bread so that we might experience your constant power and love given to us in the real presence of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.